Shocking, encouraging, and inspiring. You are listening to The Brave Files, real stories from people living courageously. You can listen to the show anywhere you enjoy podcasts, and we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give a review on Apple Podcasts. It really does make a difference, and we appreciate it. Now here's your host, Heather Vickery. Welcome to The Brave Files, everyone. This is Heather Vickery. So today's guest, Courtney Elmer, reminds us that life is too darn short to work too hard and not take good care of yourself. At the young age of 25, she was a newlywed, had a thriving business, and then a cancer diagnosis. Now a survivor and a new mom, Courtney is here to share her inspiring stories with us, and I am really excited to welcome you, Courtney. Thanks for being on the show. Heather, thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here with you today. Really have been looking forward to this. You are quite a powerhouse and um, you're a pretty young powerhouse too, which I think is amazing. But your your story is so interesting. So I'd love to have you sort of start at the beginning, the shortened version, because we only have 30 minutes. But tell us um, a little bit about, about who you are and how, how in the world are you even telling this detailed of a story at such a young age. It's really impressive. Sure. Oh, well, thank you. And I am an empowerment speaker and stress coach, but my work in the world today was not um, something that my life didn't always look like it does today. And my journey is one full of many twists and turns. And it kind of starts back in, I would say 2012, um, where I had a thriving business, you know, was working, 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 just working towards this ideal life that I wanted to create for myself. And I had met my, the love of my life. We were engaged, planning our wedding. And, you know, on top of the world, anyone from the outside looking in would have said, gosh, Courtney's got it all together. She's just the picture of success. You know, I've even had people tell me, I remember this. And they're like, I want your life. You know, it was oh, that kind of yes. high, you know, that, just living the dream, right? That pretty Instagram life that everybody wants. <laughs> yes. And awesome that you even said that because it was the life that everyone saw. But that's not how I felt on the inside because I was working myself day in and day out to the point of exhaustion, burnout. I was so stressed and overwhelmed and had really even lost sight of who I was or what I was working so hard toward, um, not even realizing that I had so much of what I wanted and that I was working for, but thinking that, well, it could always be better. You know, I could always do that next thing or climb that next rung on the ladder of, quote unquote, success, Mm. and was planning my wedding, you know, in the middle of all of that, my husband and I, we got married, went on our honeymoon. And I came back from that trip and had a doctor's appointment two days later, just as a follow up for um, some checkups that I had checkups that I had had done like a couple of weeks before, and walked into there, you know, not thinking anything really, and got a diagnosis of cancer. And talk about Wow. Hit out of left field. I mean, completely blindsided, no family history, no, you know, pre-existing conditions or anything that would logically contribute to that. What, what type of cancer were you diagnosed with, Courtney? Thyroid cancer. Wow. And okay. when, the, yeah, when the tests came back, it was um, kind of a more aggressive form of the cancer and some sort of strange mutation that they were very concerned about given my age and also given, you know, the the life that I had ahead of me um, in terms of childbearing years and all these different things, you know, that um, treatment and radiation, et cetera, could affect. And so within 
less than a week, the doctor had already made space for me on her surgery schedule. Yeah. And next thing you know, I was having surgery and radiation treatments. And it was like, what just happened? You know, whole wow. life flipped upside down in yeah. a matter of moments. And going through that recovery process was so difficult because it forced me to slow down, mm. which was something that I had never done before. I was not used to that at all whatsoever. And so it felt very foreign and it felt very uncomfortable. Talk about being outside of your comfort zone. <laughs> that was it for me. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I'm and, curious just to, yeah. to trail off of that a little. Have you carried mm -hmm. that with you since you've been through that process? Do you now stop and slow down and honor the quiet spaces a little bit more regularly? Oh, so much more yeah. regularly. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. In fact, oh. even every Sunday, I totally unplug Good for and you. just go out and live life with the people I love, you know, so I think yeah. that is so important in whatever capacity works, whether it's a little bit every day or one day a week or whatever fits in your life to completely decompress and unplug and be present is so valuable. Oh, I agree wholeheartedly. So your family, you're very young, you're a newlywed. How does your how does your husband, your new husband take this news? Your parents, what was everybody's, obviously they were horrified, but how did they deal with what was happening? They were all, like you said, horrified, completely shocked, but also incredibly supportive. I'm fortunate to come from a very close-knit family, my husband as well. And so, you know, both of our parents really stepped in and just helped us, you know, in terms of emotional support, uh, physical support, you know, going with me to different treatments and things like that. And so having that support system was so key, you know, and my husband yeah. too, I mean, he, he was my rock through all of it sure. and still is of course to this day, but um, he was so, so strong for you me know, through it all. What I think is so interesting about, uh, there's a lot that's interesting about it, but from the perspective of a very young, newly married spouse, this is not what he signed up for. No, <laughs> you say it's sickness and in health and at the age of 25. I mean, I don't know how old your husband is, but at that age, you think you're going to be caring for an elderly sick spouse. You never imagine having to step into that promise so newly minted into your marriage. Yes. No, you're absolutely right. And so obviously it's lovely. It's good that he was so wonderful and supportive and you would expect that. Of course, you would hope that, but that had to be quite an adjustment period for him as well. It really was. And, you know, he's one of these types that he's a silent rock, you know, so he's mm -hmm. very supportive and you, you'll never hear him complain. You'll never hear him gripe about, you know, how difficult anything is. He's just strong and steady. And that was the exact presence that I needed in my life at that yeah. moment. Yeah. That's excellent. So you had a good support system. Did radiation and surgery alone take care of your problem or did you also have to undergo chemotherapy? I was fortunate that radiation and surgery alone took care of it. That's wonderful news. Congratulations mm -hmm. on that. So at least, I mean, it was awful and at least it wasn't more awful than it already had to be. Right. Right. So are you in full remission? I am. Yes. At this point I am. Praise God. What's the What's the protocol for the rest of your life? I mean, you don't get to just forget that you had cancer, right? Is it right. something that comes up? What's the protocol as you continue on your life path? Well, 
at the bare minimum, every six months I get lab work drawn and go in to see my doctor um, for a checkup, just, you know, making sure that everything is right where it needs to be in terms of my hormone levels, et cetera. And then once a year, I get an ultrasound done on my neck and the whole surrounding area just to make sure that nothing has you know, resurfaced or that nothing looks suspicious. And interestingly enough, the radiation treatment, one of the, the side effects of that was infertility. Okay. And so that was a huge decision to make because, you know, on the one hand, if I didn't have the treatment because of the mutation, it could have been very likely that the cancer could have come back. And when it comes back, oftentimes they see it come back in the lungs. Yeah. And a, and a more difficult to treat form. Yes. Yeah. Yep. So you were, you took the risk of being infertile because of course you wanted to live. Yes. And it just so happened. What happened? Yes. So <laughs> after about five years, you know, not really even thinking that we'd ever be able to have children, you know, not knowing um, for certain, but knowing that that was a risk and, and certainly dealing with infertility all of those years, I found out last June that I was pregnant. Yay. So you have a yes. beautiful five-month-old son. What's his name? Yes. He's Alan Joseph the third, and we call him AJ. AJ, I love that. Uh -huh. Congratulations! <laughs> Thank you. Um, one of the things that struck me when when we were first talking about having you on the show is you said you had some fears about being a mom, um, but especially based on your life experiences. Can you share some of those fears with us? Absolutely. So many fears. Oh my goodness. You know, after that initial shock wore off of, oh my gosh, we're pregnant. Like we're going to be parents. What, you know? Um, and I have to say this, that ever since I was a little girl, I had always said, if ever I find out one day I'm going to be a mom, I would love to surprise my husband on Father's Day. And wouldn't you know, I found out four days before Father's Day. Oh, how fun is that? It's not only a little miracle baby, but it was like just another <laughs> little gift, you know, in there yeah. as well. So That's that was great. awesome. But once that initial shock and excitement kind of wore off, it was like, okay, reality set in. Like, wait a second, how, how is being a mother going to fit in with my life plan? You know, this is going to take away from everything I want to do. I mean, I have a book to write and I have speaking engagements to, to travel to and, mm -hmm. you know, a whole business to build up to a certain point before even considering, you know, motherhood. And, um, yeah, of course, not even knowing if that was possible, but hopeful that it would be for us one day, but, but certainly not quote unquote ready yet, you know? And so you're never honestly, ready. Oh, <laughs> Even no. when you're ready, you're not ready. <laughs> yeah, right. I know. I know. Oh my goodness. But I just remember sitting on the couch and feeling so bad, you know, in those early weeks with all the, the morning sickness, which I don't know why they call it that. It's really all day sickness. All day. All day sickness. Uh -huh. um, but, but sitting there feeling so terrible. And then also just this whole, um, I don't know, there's this fear that gripped at my heart that I wouldn't be able to continue living my life the way I had it planned out in my head and that this was going to come and upset the apple cart, so to speak, because I've yeah. always been such a planner, you know, by nature, very type A. So that was difficult for me to, to sit there and kind of come to terms with this reality that I'm going to be a mom. And it, on the one hand, as excited as I was, on the other hand, it brought up a lot of fears that had probably laid dormant, you know, inside of me because I hadn't had to face them right. until then, you know, yeah. parenthood has this magical way of absolutely upsetting the apple cart. Um, and most of the time, what we find at the bottom, at the bottom of the heap is pretty magical. 
Yes. Yes. I think, you know, have for you was your experience, did you, have you learned, you don't have to do it necessarily when you're pregnant, you have some limitations, but now that you have your little guy here, even more the importance of slowing down and being present and you can still achieve all the things that you want, but in a completely different fashion. Yes. And you know, what's so fascinating to me, it was like, he was exactly what I needed to take everything up a notch, you know, this whole path of stressing less and living more that I had been on ever since, you know, my cancer and going through all of that and really bringing my life to a place that of, of ease, a place of more ease and a place of more presence in the moment and living life that way. He is the reason that I need to do that even more so now. That's right. Mm-hmm. I love the, the language around a place of ease. That's, that's lovely. That settles in really nicely with me. So let's backtrack just a little before your pleasant surprise. Um, surprise. You, um, you, you go through treatment, you go through surgery and you go into remission. How, what was the process like to shifting your business focus at that time? What happened there? Great question. I wish I could say that, you know, immediately I came back and did a complete 180 and my life looked totally well, now, different. See, and, why do you, you wish know? you could say that? Because that's just not reality for <laughs> It's anybody. not reality, right? I mean, it's almost like, you know, you kind of expect that. Oh, and then here's the 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 high point of the story again, but that's just not what it looked like. Yeah, I mean, the reality that's all is, in the movies. <laughs> right, here's the truth. This is the truth. That's the Instagram version, right? No, that's right. That's um, right. Yeah, no, what happened was I, I had had these patterns so deeply ingrained in me for so long that working was what was comfortable to me that, you know, anytime you put outside of your comfort zone, it's very easy to go back into those old patterns because that's what's comfortable. That's what you're familiar mm-hmm. with. And that's what feels right. And it feels safe. And so I had had, you know, this pattern of, of working myself just to the point of exhaustion. And so when, when I did find out, you know, I was officially in remission and all of that, you know, was going in a positive direction. Um, I really just jumped right back into my work, and the seed had been planted at the time that I needed to make a shift in my life. And I always knew that I wanted to own a business of my own one day. I knew that the work I was doing then wasn't the work I was going to be doing okay. in the future. But I didn't immediately allow that seed to germinate. It was planted, but it was kind of like, okay, I'm not going to water that right now. Let me just get back into what feels normal, right? Because everything had been flipped upside down in a way that felt so foreign that I just wanted to feel normal again. I can honor that. Like even Mm -hmm. if it's habits and patterns that you were trying to get away from, just having done something that felt safe is valuable. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So it wasn't until a couple of years later that I really knew that it was time to make a shift and that it was time to say yes to the journey of transformation that I knew I needed to go through in order to even do the work that I do in the world today. Was was there a specific incident or specific moment that really brought clarity around that? I had become very um, disenchanted with the work that I was doing. You know, I was in a sales position that, you know, was very cutthroat. The industry was very cutthroat. And I was like, you know, I just don't know that I want this for my future. 
you know, I had worked to try and incorporate, you know, more mindfulness and more presence. And I was doing so in small ways, but I certainly hadn't, you know, made that 180 yet. I mean, it was just little bits here and there. Self-care was still kind of a foreign word to me, you know, at that time. And I, I craved more of that in my life. And in fact, my husband was the one that really showed that to me because he is the complete opposite of type A. I mean, he's the most <laughs> laid back guy you could ever know. It might be why you're a good match. Yes, opposites attract, right? But there was this stirring deep in my soul because I would observe him coming home after the end of his workday and just being able to unwind and unplug. And I was envious of that because I couldn't do that. Mm. and I felt the need to just continue, you know, check, check my email, you know, or whatever. It doesn't matter if it's nine o'clock at night. I got to get back if someone's, you know, knocking at my door, basically ready to, to make a purchase. No, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> and so I was living this life, you know, craving that normalcy, but at the same time now being more aware that my husband, Alan, could just come home and basically just turn it off, you know, and just kind of live his life outside of work. His identity was not wrapped up in his work. And that's, I couldn't put my finger on it at the time, but my identity was wrapped up Mm. in my work. And that's what was, I think, difficult for me to say, you know, I need to get away from and and make a shift. Gotcha. You know, afraid of what that would look like. What are people going to think? And all this that I've built that could just come crumbling down and, you know, what's going to happen and living kind of in that what if and in that fear. So that transformation for you, was it, what was it like? Was it, was it easy? Did it come naturally? Was your support system supportive of it? What was that all like? Yeah, my support system was very supportive of it. And um, again, fortunate to have had that. And for me, you know, knowing, I guess once I really became aware of that, I figured that I'm like, you know what, I need to, I need to know what I don't know. I feel like right now I'm craving a life that's different than what I'm living but I wasn't sure how to actually shift in that direction. I'm like, if I yeah. could take the action. I'm a huge action taker. I'm like, but I felt like I needed someone to just hold my hand and show me what the direction was to take. So I hired a business coach to help me really formulate not only you know the thoughts that were going through my head and how I can, can bring that about into the business that I wanted to create, but also on a personal level mm-hmm. to really be able to experience that transformation that I had to experience before even thinking about helping others do the same thing. You Absolutely. know, does that make sense? Totally makes sense. I was in, in yeah. the same boat. I, I am a coach. I have a coach. I don't think you can sell something you're not willing to buy. And, and my coach helped me through that process mm-hmm. as well. So I totally honor that space. Um, I think that's really important. What was the biggest struggle? The biggest struggle was letting go of the what's the word I'm looking for? I guess the character almost that I had built, Mm. you know, this external persona that I imagined everyone else saw, but that wasn't the real me. And that wasn't the authentic me. And so first of all, finding and getting back in touch with the authentic me who was always there, but just hiding, you know, behind this persona that I had built and then letting go of that persona, you know, but, but I think, I think really the, the first step was committing to committing to the transformation. And then it was like this spirit of curiosity really came about because I was like, you know, I want to explore her. I want to get yeah. back to her. Who is she? Let me let me find her. And then once I found her, it was like, 
gosh, how, can, how have I been, why have I been hiding her for so <laughs> I, long? <laughs> how did I not know she was there? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So then it became easier. You know, I think it was the initial fear was, I don't even know who I am. So I don't, that's scary. Like to just show myself to the world, you know, yeah, but then once I connected with her so deeply, it was like, how could I not? <laughs> yeah. That, I love that. I do a lot of work around stepping authentically into your life and into your business. And you're so right about that. It's such a magical shift. And once you can really understand and know who you are, the world reacts so much more beautifully to you. You have so much, you are so much more empowered. I know you mentioned empowerment. It's a, a thing that I do a lot of work with as well. And people just are attracted to somebody who steps out authentically. You can't help mm. it. You can't, you really can't. You know, when I look at the different people and, you know, going back to the Instagram thing, you know, these huge influencers that have these enormous followings. And it's like the ones who are doing it right are the ones who you feel like you're sitting there, maybe watching a video or something they're putting out and like that you're in their living room, just having a yeah. conversation with them, you know, yeah. and it's, it's that authenticity that's so attractive. It's such a vulnerable experience. I'm a mm -hmm. huge fan of Brene Brown. I don't, I don't know if you are, but Daring Greatly sort of helped me crack that open a little. Becoming vulnerable is how you step authentically into it. So when you talk about being on video in your living room, I know for me, I have a huge video phobia. It's why I have a podcast and an <laughs> audio newsletter instead of doing a bunch of videos because, and it's funny because I'm, I'm theater trained. Like I, I'm a speaker. I have no fear of being in front of people, but video, oof, that's hard. So talk about stepping out vulnerably. I so admire everyone who's willing to do that. Oh my goodness. You know, and video is one of those things too, where every time I do it, I still feel uncomfortable. I'm yes. like, does this ever get easier? No. Does this ever get to where it feels <laughs> normal? Like, I don't know. But I think that is the key to hone in on is that yeah. we all feel that way. And so maybe it's just part of the human experience. Maybe. I don't know. You I mean, know, I, but I don't think it ever, I wouldn't say that I think it ever becomes easy for me. I'm sure some people would say dif differently than that, but uh, I come at it with less trepidation yeah and less mm -hmm. fear I know it's going to be uncomfortable I know I'm not going to love it but that it will be okay and that's the difference in the shift having done it multiple times for me yes yeah and I remind myself too every time I do a video I'm like you know what it doesn't matter what people think what matters is that I'm doing my best that's to right. add value to others lives period yeah. bottom line because then I, I can put that. my head on the pillow at night knowing that that was a job well done for you know? sure. Well, mm -hmm. that's a great lead in because to me that just knowing that and having that self-recognition is something to celebrate. It's a success. And so I would love to know as you've gone through this process and so much has changed and transformed for you, how do you stop and honor and celebrate those successes big and small? Hmm, great question. Lots of ways. I do, you know, I celebrate in big ways and I celebrate in small ways. Exactly. Uh, you know, That's you got to celebrate. Yeah, exactly. And so every day, you know, I'm always looking for ways to be more present. And any opportunity I can take, I take it. You know, when my son yeah. AJ wakes up from a nap, my phone stays on airplane mode. I go That's lay right. on the mat with him, you know, and just, it, just embrace and drink in these little moments that are so fleeting. So just doing little things like that in the course of the day, you know, there's not to be anything extreme. You don't have to carve out an hour or two to go read That's and journal right. and meditate. Yeah, you can, if you want to. Sure. But I love stopping in that moment and saying this thing, this thing is good. 
yes, what's in front of me right now? Yeah, that's beautiful. You know, that's where your focus needs to be. I love that. And I love, mm-hmm. especially as a new mom, I think, and, and as an entrepreneur, I think so many, I will say women, but parents in general, because um, I think this fits across the board. We try to squeeze the parenthood into our career path and our life path and don't always make space for the shifts there. And I can tell you, from I have four daughters, as anyone who listens already knows, um, you don't get it back. And I remember with my first, I was so anxious for the next thing. When's she gonna? When's she gonna roll over? When's she gonna crawl? When's she gonna walk and talk? Mm. And all, I was so anxious to see when she was going to have all of these milestones. And by the time I got to my third and my fourth child, I was like, "Well, we're gonna get there. Let's just lay here because yeah. she's gonna roll over. She's gonna walk. She's gonna talk." And I'm not in a hurry. Let's just sit here. Just sit and just just breathe it in. You know, it's yeah. so funny you even say that because literally this morning, um, my husband gets AJ up out of the bed and we bring him into the bed with us. We're just sitting there, you know, playing with him. And, yeah. and, and Ellen was like, I can't wait till you're walking, AJ, and crawling around. And I said, but it's okay. Take your time because you're <laughs> also right. just enjoying where you are right now. Right. He you will know? get and there. So, yep, he will. He will. Yeah. It's good to remind yourself not to rush it. It's, it's easy. And of course you're anxious and it's exciting, but just sure. staying present. Well, as we clo- get to the close of the show, I get to ask one of the questions that I so enjoy each and every week learning um, about from my guests and sharing with my listeners. What is your favorite charitable organization to support? I love this question because it's so unique. It's, Thank you. Uh, you know, I was like, this is so, I love this. It's, it's interesting because right after my treatment and recovery, the doctor who did my surgery, she and I became very close. And she originally is from Kenya. Okay. Her story is beautiful and powerful in and of itself. One of seven children who really just overcame incredible obstacles to be where she is today. And she founded a charitable organization called Blooming Lily, named in honor of her sister. And what the organization does is its its mission is to inspire and empower young girls mm. in Kenya um, to dream big and yes. to learn that there is more out there for them and that they can achieve that should they wish to and should they choose to, um, you know, beyond just what what surrounds them day in and day out, you know, living in, in poverty. That's fantastic. The work she does in the world is just tremendous. And I'm just honored. I, I serve on the board of her foundation. And it's also just been such a, a beautiful eye-opening experience for me to be able to do work um, in support of this beautiful mission of hers. It speaks so kindly to your character that you connected with your medical professionals like this. And I mean, I love that amongst all of this, running this successful business and speaking and writing and parenting, um, that you're, you carve out the time to sit on the board. I think it's so important to give back, not just when I say community, I don't just mean the people that live in homes around you, but the world at large. And it's such a gift. So as every single week, you guys go and check this organization out. You'll find links on the show notes. Find out more about them if there's a way to support them, whether that is just spreading the word, if there's something you can do with your time, or if you have a little money to spare. Learn more about these organizations because we are trying to brighten up the world in this magical way. So go check it out. Love it. Love it. Love it. And thank you. 
Yeah, of course. Would you share your three words with us one more time? Yes. Shocking, encouraging, inspiring. Quickly, encouraging and inspiring. I can see you embody all of those. Talk to me about shocking. I think shocking, two reasons. One, because of just what happened, you know, around my story, 25 years old, diagnosed with cancer, two days after getting back from a honeymoon. It's like, there's just so much, an element of shock (laughs) to that, right? But I think shocking for me too, because so much has unfolded since then that I did not expect in my life, that I had no idea what even happened for me. And, you know, it's just been um, shock in a good way, you know, mm-hmm. but, but to look back over these past five and a half years and to say, wow, look at where I was and look at where I am now. And it, it took um, it almost like plunging me into a ice bath of cold water to wake me up and say, this is what needs to happen yeah. in order for you to, to yeah. do what you're doing now and live how you're living now. But um, that was the shock that I needed in order to set me on this path. What do you anticipate your life looking like in 15 or 20 years? Oh my goodness. You know what? We can lay out the best laid plans and then it can look totally different, right? Proof of that. um, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing how our journeys just unfold. But I think for me, um, being able to, I I guess, let me think of, think, say it this way. If I were 15 years from now into the future, looking back, I would want to feel so satisfied and so at home and at peace, knowing that I have lived my best life over those past 15 years, being present and living that life with the people I love versus trying to rush ahead and get to where I'm going to be in those 15 years. That's a great answer. Mm -hmm. I haven't asked that question before, but your story inspired me to ask that sort of what you want to look back and see. And I think that's, that's magical. You guys, life is short. Do the things that you love, surround yourself with the people that you love, and do your best not to take it for granted. Stop and have small daily celebrations of the fact that you are here and you are strong and you are capable. Courtney, you give us so much inspiration. Thank you very, very much for sharing your beautiful story of bravery with us. Awesome, Heather. Thank you. You guys, thanks for listening. I'm grateful to have you here with me. I look forward to sharing a new story with you next Thursday. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review. It helps me out, and it makes sure that we are available here for you to listen to. This is Heather Vickery reminding you, as always, to choose bravely. Today's show was brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com slash thebravefiles and browse their unmatched selection of audio programs. Download a title of your choice for free and start listening. It's that simple. Just head to audiotrial.com slash thebravefiles. Thank you for listening to The Brave Files. Be sure to visit thebravefilespodcast.com to access the show notes and discover fantastic bonus content. Music composed and produced by Matt Lewis of Union Music, LLC.